What is up, Level Up Nation, and welcome to the November 2nd edition of OTN's Level Up Live, your home for gaming and esports news. That's the old intro, but we're going to go with it. My name is Fiasco, but you can call me John, and I am joined, as always, by the king of the courtside, the courtside king. You can find him on every courtside in the NBA, in the NBA 2K League. He's, he's there. He's always on the side of the court. Joey, what's up, buddy? Uh, I was going to say I'm doing well, but that would be a lie. Uh, it has been a long, <laughs> long week. I am freaking exhausted. I'm honestly really surprised I'm here. Uh, I think I almost blacked out earlier from stress and lack oh. of eating. Uh, but I'm here tonight. Uh, we will probably eat something after this show, too. Uh, but what yes, a drama queen. It, it has been a long couple of days. So we're here. I'm excited to talk gaming. Uh, unfortunately, some sadder stories in here as far as layoffs, but a lot of good stuff as well. A lot of really great games that just recently came out, as well as many games to come out uh, here in the very near future. Plus, John, one of our favorite events of, I would say, the year, but it hasn't occurred the last couple of years. BlizzCon is right around the corner, kicking off tomorrow as well. Yeah, super excited about that. Nation, make sure you follow the show on the social medias, if you will. Twitter and Facebook, at OTN Media. That is also on, oh, it's X, whatever it's called. Yeah, Twitter and Facebook there. <laughs> Instagram and threads, it's OTN underscore media. And while you're on Twitter, threads, X, Instagram, all that fun stuff, you can give Joey and myself a follow at Quartzite King and at Fiasco. Uh, looking at the mugshots right there below is those handles. Uh, so you can check it out there if you're listening to the podcast version of the show. They will be in the show notes for you below. A nation, as always, the live show here on Twitch is the place to be. But we do offer the show in the podcast form. Check out the Level Up podcast available on your podcatcher of choice. Extra credit, you have an Amazon Prime account. Your parents have an Amazon Prime account. Your Aunt Pam has an Amazon Prime account. In fact, she has two. Use those Twitch subs that come with them and sub to OTN Media today. Help a brother out. We're not going to use it to buy me a Switch. Don't worry. That's, that's a long-running joke. But we do use it to help bring you more amazing content later on down the road as well. Joey, we touched a little bit on what we're talking about today, so I'm just going to jump right over that. And we'll go right into the drink of choice. Joey, your beverage for, my goodness, episode 323 of Level Up Live. Uh, John, I have, I think, a quarter of a bottle of water left. Uh, so that nice. is what we're rolling with tonight. Joey's being a healthy boy. Good for you. Um, I literally rolled over to uh, my uh, mini fridge that's next to my uh, battle station, if you will, uh, and pulled out the one can that did not explode of uh, Mountain Dew Major Melon. Uh, So we are going with the Major Melon flavor today of the glorious um, redneck soda called Mountain Dew. Uh, So that is your beverage of choice. Joey's carrying it with the healthy choice today. So kudos to Joey. (laughs) Uh, so, Joe, we appreciate that as always. We have our drinks. We have our topics. We have our amazing Twitch viewers. We have our listeners on the podcast with us, Joey. So let's go ahead and get into today's episode of Level Up Live, which, of course, is presented by GamerBytes. Bite-sized gaming news delivered weekly directly to your inbox. Sign up today at otmmedia.org slash gbsignup. Joey. What in the world is going on with Nintendo? Absolutely, John. Let's kick things off with Nintendo, as you said. I'm just pulling up the list here. Uh, they have quite a bit going on, though. So Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, we've always thought there's going to be another Mario game. From what I've heard, there's one like pretty much done with development like two years ago. But with the way sales just continue to climb for Mario Kart 8, 
Nintendo doesn't really see reason to put out a new game. So maybe that new game eventually even gets swapped over to be a platform launch title on the next version of the Switch, the Switch 2 or whatever they go on to call it later on. With that being said, uh, they, this one's still getting plenty of content. This is wave six of content with additional courses and characters coming. We have eight additional courses plus four characters coming here as well. For those live with us on Twitch, you are now getting a video of that too. To run down the full list though, uh, for our audio listeners, again, eight tracks, four characters, uh, quite a bit in here. It looks like we are getting Rome Avanti, DK Mountain, Daisy Circuit, uh, to give you guys where these came from, by the way, Rome Avanti came from the tour game. I believe that's the mobile one. DK Mountain from the GameCube. Daisy Circuit from the Wii version. Piranha Plant Cove. It doesn't have a platform listed, so that one might be brand new. Madrid Drive from the tour version. Rosalina's Ice World from the 3DS version. Bowser's Castle 3 from the SNES version. That's like John and I's game back in the day. Uh, and then Rainbow Road for the Wii. Uh, there's been a few different versions of Rainbow Road, obviously, through the years. The Wii version is the version getting added in here, as well as two new cups, the Acorn Cup and the Spiny Cup. Again, for veterans of the franchise, I believe both of those have been around before as well. So a lot of different things going there. Uh, on top of it, I do not have the characters in front of me for this latest edition, but I believe it is four of them confirmed. Don't shake your head at me. Uh, as I said, it's been a long week. Uh, but I'll try to find those characters for you guys as well. Regardless, John, I am a big fan of Mario Kart. Uh, I am amazed. Given Nintendo's track record, it's not often that we see them keep a game alive this long in terms of giving it new content. I feel like in the past, like if you look at Mario Party, for example, as a franchise, they throw it out there. Maybe they threw some new characters. Uh, maybe they throw a few new courses or maps or whatever in there. Mario Tennis, same idea. You get some new characters, maybe a new court type here and there but nothing too crazy for too long for this game to have lasted i don't know how many years it's been it feels like three or four at the very least uh, for them to continue putting more and more content in i think just shows how many people are one not only still playing the game but two continuing to purchase content uh, to the point where they're even delaying new releases of a potential mario kart 9 any other words on mario kart i don't think we've ever raced in mario kart before which is kind of crazy to me yeah, um, I play Mario Kart on the N64, Joey. Um, come at me, bro. Um, I do have uh, four working controllers still. Um, so we, I think we just have to get, like, a new attachment to hook it up to modern-day TVs since, like, the red, yellow, blue connector or green connector or whatever it was doesn't really exist in 2023. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh, I'm, the I'm component? Down for was it component? For beating you. I don't remember what it was called. It was so long ago. Um, I think it's component cables. Are they component cables? I think component, Probably. and then it moved to composite, and then HDMI, and that's pretty much all we use nowadays. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Um, any hoosies. Uh, yeah, so that. It still works. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I'll have to dust that off, uh, and we'll have to do a... Uh, how would we even stream that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Come on, Nintendo. Why don't you think it in the future? Make your N64 streamable. I'll probably have to use like a yeah, capture, card, say, probably or capture card of some sort. Yeah, so we'll have to, we'll have to figure out. <laughs> VT Nelson's got the cable. Cool, sweet. Uh, I'm going to borrow the cable. Uh, simple <laughs> as that. All right, Joey. Um, yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we will have to play Mario Kart. Um, see if I had a Switch, uh, we'd be able to do True. this. You have a Switch. I don't. I'm slacking. 
Uh, I so, love the N64 so version, though, to be honest. I think that N64. is a very fun Mario Kart, to say the least. Super underrated console, even to this day, super underrated Mario Kart also. No, for those who played it, try to go back and play on that controller again. It is... It's, it's not quite the way I remember it. <laughs> oh, Joey, I kid you not. The first time I picked that that uh, uh, console, uh, the uh, controller back up, because I remember where I had my left hand. It was on the middle stick with the thumb on the Joy-Con. But then you had those two awkward like handles off to the side through the middle. And it's like you didn't really hold on to that because your thumb is here. So like, your other hand's like this. It was the weirdest hand positioning ever for a controller. And... I remember when I got my PlayStation, I was like, finally, a normal controller. And then the Xbox came out with, with uh, the Duke. Oh. And I was like, this is ugly as hell. <laughs> this is a massive <laughs> controller. What is this? Uh, but yeah, anywho, we're not, we're not going to go down the controller uh, uh, tunnel for, this, for that one. Yeah, that might be a whole episode in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, while we were talking about this, I was able to look up the four characters. For, so for those with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, those four characters coming in the Wave 6 pack are... Diddy Kong, Funky Kong, Pauline, and Peachette. Is that correct? Like, yes. Uh, yep, that's correct. So Diddy Kong, Funky Kong, Pauline, and Peachette. I'm really surprised Diddy Kong was not in there already, so that one kind of caught me by guard. Um, with that said, Funky Kong is also very, very fun, too. So excited for that. Go check out those new racers, new courses, new tracks, and all the goodness that comes with that new pack. Next up, over to PlayStation. Uh, as has been the theme the last couple weeks with PlayStation and Xbox, we are going to give you the bad news first, and then from there kind of transition into the better news. Following up on the Bungie layoffs is what we're kicking off with. Uh, about 8% is the number of people who have been laid off from Bungie so far this year. Um, 100 people in total, and I'd say this year as in just this last month. I don't know if they had layoffs before that. They may have. With that being said, the public ones since the acquisition by PlayStation is about 100 people being laid off, and again, about 8% of the company. Two weeks ago, staff were told that the studio was projected to miss revenue targets by 45%. Employees were ready to grind it out and get things back on track, according to Jason Schreier of Bloomberg, who reported on this. Uh, I mean, this is just super disheartening, John, and it's not just a PlayStation thing. It's not just a Bungie thing. It's really been across the gaming industry as a whole this year. Uh, we've seen so many layoffs. Part of them making room for acquisitions. Uh, part of it is contracts just ending for projects. And some of that stuff we've seen here and there throughout the years. Um, but it feels like this year in particular, we've seen record revenue from, I'm not going to say every gaming publisher, but a number of gaming publishers to constantly see them bring in more and more money, yet let go more and more employees as well. Yeah, it's... It's a trend in the gaming industry that I feel like they're trying to justify with how bad the economic times are as uh, oh cool look <laughs> a bot Joe you want to take care of that yeah one? sure um, yeah so it, it does suck because we're, we're seeing like for some of these developers they work so hard on these titles the title comes out it runs for a year and then they get laid off you know it's kind of like you know these these games have run their course already like in this case, like th this is going to affect Destiny too, and as as much as I am not a fan of Destiny, I I have good friends that love Destiny. I know there's a huge Destiny gaming community out there. Uh, hopefully, this doesn't affect Destiny too much. I mean, th this is like Bungie's bread and butter at the moment. Um, it's never a good thing. Um, it. It stinks. It sucks. Uh, 
it's never good when you hear about layoffs. Uh, the economy is absolutely dog water at the mo- at the moment, and it's affecting the gaming industry. But it's just overall, it's just super super tough to see a developer like Bungie uh, be affected. Agreed. It's definitely, and I mean, this has been a studio that's been around for a while. We have seen Bungie go through turmoil before. Uh, in the past, I feel like games have usually, or gamers rather, have usually blamed the publisher they're with. Uh, at one point, they blamed Microsoft, then they blamed Activision, now they're blaming PlayStation and Sony. Uh, I think some of that has to come back to Bungie as well as a leader. I'm not going to say they're the ones who came up with this, um, I guess, profit target per se. But to be off by 45% is kind of a large margin. Uh, I'm assuming that was set by Bungie directors. Again, I don't know for a fact. But with that being said, whoever set that target was definitely leaning toward something like this eventually happening. Maybe it wasn't layoffs. Maybe it was some kind of restructuring. You just don't set something that's that far off target, in my opinion. Uh, I just don't know what data they were working with or anything like that. But to me, that's a very big red flag for the management of Bungie in particular. Uh, With that being said, they did put out an official statement, our path forward. I'm not going to read it all here for the sake of time uh, and for the sake of moving past this topic that is very unfortunate and we hate discussing it week over week, um, but layoffs are a thing that continue to happen and we want to continue to make you guys aware of those. For those who want to read more, it's our path forward available on Bungie.net. Sticking with Bungie just a little bit more, um, but transitioning more over to the game side of things, Destiny 2 streamer, uh, who remains unknown at this time, preferring not to give a name, has stated that Bungie held a marathon gameplay summit that no one raised their hand when asked if they would play it if it came out tomorrow. Uh, Not a good first look here for marathon. Now, with that being said, guys, this is a pre-alpha game. Uh, This means it's probably looking a little bit blocky. Uh, Gameplay mechanics are obviously not polished yet. Graphics not far, far from polished. Um, Overall, I think I like the fact that Bungie is holding one of these. Yes, you're going to get a lot of negative feedback up front, but I would rather them get that negative feedback behind closed doors than after they release a game into the wild, have all these players playing it, and then it dies off. I mean, look at Halo Infinite, for example, right? Halo Infinite, within its first month, had 20 million players, an absurd amount of players on it. Free-to-play game, available on Steam, pulled in tons of players. How many of those stayed around? I don't know the number, but I can tell you it was much south of a million. Uh, So they lost so many different players. And yes, you can argue... Part of that is probably the gameplay mechanics of Halo. The time to kill is a lot higher in Halo, so it requires a lot more skill, and a lot of people don't really want to stick around for that. They want the quick kills they're used to in stuff like Call of Duty. But the other thing was the live service was not set up well. It was terrible. Had Halo tested their live service model ahead of time, maybe they wouldn't have lost that many players. I think it's a similar situation here with Bungie. They're having some issues with Destiny 2 retaining players. They're trying to come up with new formulas, and now they're going to put out this Tarkov-esque type of game in Marathon eventually. I think it's a good idea they're doing these closed-door tests to get that feedback now before they eventually put it out to the masses and lose the players after launch. I kind of went a little bit more detailed on that one than I was expecting, John. Anything to add there? No, I mean, Joey, you were incredible. Um I'm proud of you for explaining that very well, <laughs> um, and I feel like uh, there's nothing else to add. So, so Joey, I, I, I want to thank you um, for the time and effort you put into that. Story. Thanks, sir. Yeah, I've been researching quite a bit of Bungie <laughs> recently, so glad to bring some of it to conclusion here. Uh, moving forward, Spanish outlet. Oh, Lord, my Spanish is a little rough here. Uh, Area Hugones. 
Ariel Huganes is reporting. Uh, and yes, I had to go louder there. I think it's part of the Spanish accent I purvey. Uh, with that being said, they're reporting that God of War Ragnarok DLC is in the works. Uh, it is set to be announced later this year. Again, guys, this is not confirmed. Uh, it is from that Spanish outlet that I'm not going to pronounce again. Uh, with that being said, Why not? Uh, I think this is very likely, John. Uh, do I think it gets announced this year? Possibly. Uh, if I had to guess where it gets announced, my strong guess would be at the Game Awards, the Jeff Keighley show in early December. I feel like that would be a great place to put this, unless they have some kind of little state-to-play situation uh, going maybe in November range. But I just don't see that happening at this point, unless it's next week. Uh, with that being said, I do think this is coming. God of War Ragnarok, very successful uh, as of September 2023, which is a l- about a year since launch, uh, a little less than a year. They've sold 11 million copies of the game so far. Quite a nice milestone there. And it does feel like this game story could be continued with some DLC. God of War, one of those, I would call it a flagship title of Sony at the very least, but definitely a title uh, that they have stood on for quite a while through many generations. And I think players would like to see something else come. And I think DLC would be a great way of giving that to them. John, I know you have played sure. some God of War in your day, yes, sir. <laughs> I, I did. I'm I'm blanking on the name of that studio again. I'm Sony Santa Monica. No, um, the the oh the, the, ha, uh, ha, ha, ha. the Spanish outlet. Ha, I'm just I'm blanking ha, ha, ha. On, on the source for this. Area Huganes. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm doing the Italian thing too. I, my Spanish is terrible. You are. You're so, you're, <laughs> hey. You're, I'm gonna go ahead and just, okay, so um, before we get canceled, um. Yeah, no, God of War is is awesome. Uh, I freaking love this game. Again, it was uh, one of the titles that when I switched from PlayStation uh, to Xbox, I knew I was going to miss. Um, but yeah, uh, God of War DLC, anytime you can extend a story, especially if it's God of War, uh, it's going to be huge. It's going to be massive. A lot of people are going to enjoy it. It's, it's one of the best franchise out there, period, in the story. That we've had in a very, very, very long time. They always do a great job with it. I can't really think of a single flop in that franchise. Um, I can think of flops for like Assassin's Creed. There have been some flops, uh, but not like a God of War. Um, so, uh, I mean, you can even say the same thing for Halo. You know, Halo has experienced some flops here and there. Uh, but I feel like God of War always comes out with a very strong game. Um, they may not be as great as the game before or the game that comes after. Uh, but they're always very, very strong. So love to see more DLC. Love to see Kratos get some more action here. Uh, and I just love how uh, the story they tell gets more and more detailed. Uh, every new expansion, every new game that comes out in the God of War franchise. So I'm, I'm really loving what they're doing there. Uh, I've also looked up God of War in Spanish for you guys. El Dios de la Guerra. Let's see, that was better. My... Uh. <laughs> I- uh, eventually I'm we'll do gonna, this whole I'm, podcast you know, in Spanish. Just wait, guys. Just wait. Oh, bueno. I'm gonna leave. Muy bien. I'm just gonna. Muy bien. Do, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna hop in my car and go to my happy place. <laughs> is, is what I'm, I'm gonna go far away from you, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but not too far, comrade. Oh, wait. That's the wrong one. Sorry. Wait, what? <laughs> wait, you, you've done Spanish, Italian, and now Russian? I think what, I should have went Amigo in, there. Amigo is what we're going. What in the United Nations are uh, you doing right now? Joey? As you guys can I tell, just, I'm very bilingual. Um, moving <laughs> forward, PlayStation has announced its Plus Programs monthly games. Uh, for those who subscribe to PlayStation Plus, there are some free games to be claimed by you here in the very near future. Maybe now. Uh, Mafia 2. In Spanish, please. Uh, Mafia 2 Def, uh, Definitive Edition. Now, I've gone full Russian now. 
Ay, 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 guys. What a mess. John, for the podcast listeners, John has now left me at this point. Uh, but we're still here. Uh, we're still working our way through things. So PlayStation has announced its Plus Program games for the month of November. Uh, we have Mafia 2 Definitive Edition in English, Dragon Ball, The Breakers, and Aliens Fireteam Elite. Uh, I have not played most of these. I have heard good things about Aliens Fireteam Elite, though. And again, guys, free games. If you're subscribing, uh, so I guess free in quotation marks, uh, you should claim these. Why not? Why not give them a try if you're interested? They are now available to be claimed, or they will be very, very soon. Um, yeah, sorry about that, John. My my Spanish turned a little um, Russian of some sort there, I believe. Your your Spanish turned into three different counts of of international torture. So oh it's, it's 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 not a good thing, Joey. Uh, hey, this has been quite yeah. the episode so far. Uh, I think we can keep it moving, though, John. Uh, we'll slide into <laughs> yeah, I Xbox. Think we should. Uh, we'll keep it going again. Bad news first, then into the good stuff. Uh, hopefully with no accents attained this time. Uh, with that being said, Microsoft will now be blocking unauthorized Xbox controllers and accessories. Uh, this one might be bad. This one might be good. It depends how you look at it. Uh, I think from the good perspective, this is one way to get rid of a lot of cheaters on the console side of gaming. Uh, you look at people who have modded controllers. You look at people who are plugging in USBs that find cheat codes to work around the source code or such of games, uh, or the net code rather. Uh, I think this is a good way, again, to cut down on those cheaters up front, especially in multiplayer games. But on the backside, I think certain gaming communities, like the fighting gaming community, for example, may suffer from this. Uh, depending what those unauthorized third-party controllers look like, that could end up outlawing some people's like fight sticks for fighting games. Uh, that could outlaw certain headsets, for example, could be another thing we see going away. Um, I don't think it'll affect hard drives, but you just really never know. There's also somebody like third-party controllers out there that are good, like um, I was going to say Razer just because I looked at you, but that was a not a good way to go. Uh, Mad Cats, I think, is one a lot of people have used. That was what past. I was thinking of. Um, so I don't know exactly what this approved list of partners is going to look like. I don't think they've put it out yet, um, but that is definitely something to keep an eye on. From what I'm hearing, most things will be allowed. Uh, they're just trying to really cut down on those things that are causing issues in other areas of the gaming universe on Xbox. Um, so I want to say this is positive news, but again, I'm not really 100% sure because I could see this becoming an issue for certain communities. For sure. I mean, you're, there, eventually what's going to happen is if you're going to be an authorized third-party retailer uh, for Xbox, if you're going to be able to make accessories for Xbox, Xbox is going to have a list of things that are going to be acceptable. And if you want your product to be something that is used with their console, you're going to have to go by their guidelines. That's that's something that's actually not very new. I mean, you even go back to the cartridge days uh, for gaming. You go back to the Sega Genesis, the N64. You know, the one thing you had uh, to bring out the fun cheats in, in the games was a Game Shark. Um, Game Sharks got a little bit more complicated when it came to uh, you know PlayStations and anything that used the disc, um, but essentially it, it took a, a physical piece of media to get around the coding. And for a long time, developers would play into it. They'd be like, "Okay, cool. You know, you want to play the game. You want to play the game in a, in a fun, crazy way. Then cool, awesome. Have a Game Shark. Whatever. We'll throw some Easter eggs and some fun stuff in there for you." Um, but at the end of the day, that's not what they're going for. But now that whole idea of you know, cheat codes and things built into the game has now evolved into people just wanting to play the game at an unrealistic level because it's fun for them and it's frustrating for everyone else. It's very hard to compete 
with a computer that can calculate things and know where the other players are, and you just sit back and just wait to click a mouse button. Sometimes you don't even have to do that. Or in this case, click a button on your controller. Uh, with the uh, advancement of technology, with the use of of plug-in USBs, with the uh, you know controllers being able to hold uh, data to transmit to the uh, to your console to interact with the game, so it makes sense. Xbox, Microsoft is going to crack down on this. They need to crack down. I'm surprised Sony hasn't done something like this. I'm surprised all of the console developers haven't done like this. Obviously, it's harder to do on a place, uh, pardon me, on a computer. But for a console, you can control your environment. I would expect to see more of this, but I also expect to see those third-party companies work hand-in-hand with Microsoft to make sure their products are authorized going forward. It may mean you have to change out your, your controller. It may mean you have to, you know, instead of going with that $20 cheapo third-party controller, that $20 controller may now cost $30 because of the different changes they've had to make and the R&D that goes into it. So... There are going to be changes, but I think ultimately it's for the good. Yeah, I tend to agree as well. So we'll keep an eye on how that one ends up developing over time. Uh, hopefully or, at some point Xbox ends up publishing a full list of who those approved partners are. Um, go ahead, John. I was going to say, or uh, Xbox puts out amazing controllers anyway. Mm. Example. Oh. So just buy the normal ones. I mean, this gold, this shadow gold controller is freaking dirty. I love it. Like... It's so unique. It's so different. Like just, just buy the authorized stuff. Just buy the, the the normal stuff. Yes, I understand it's a lot more expensive, but you don't have to worry about if it's actually going to connect. If it's actually going to work, um, you know. So and also you can use Microsoft points to buy it too. So it's just, it's just small things like that. So just keep that in mind too. I just realized that that controller pretty much matches your outfit over there in the background. Oh, stop, <laughs> Joey! I didn't think you'd notice. Love it. Love it. Uh, this Thanks, next bit, not as positive news. And we're still trying to understand this story, to be completely honest. I don't think Microsoft has made an official statement yet. Uh, Xbox Series S got an outrageous price hike in Brazil, according to, um, I believe it was a store owner of a chain of stores uh, that initially got a message from Microsoft that they would be raising the price in Brazil. This is on the heels of Steam also raising a ton of prices on their store uh, in Brazil as well. So I don't really know exactly what's going on economically in Brazil at the moment, especially when it comes to technology. Um, But it does seem like Microsoft agreeing with Steam originally increased the prices on PC, uh, but now also increasing the price of just the Xbox Series S, uh, which is a little fishy to me. On top of that, it now costs about the same price as a PS5 Digital. Uh, If you're choosing between the two, I feel like the PS5 Digital is a very big win technology-wise. Now, again, you can argue Game Pass has a value in and of itself. uh, But regardless, the Xbox Series S should not cost the same price as the PS5 Digital. Uh, I think that's outrageous. Uh, especially just given the size of the tech difference between the two. Uh, With that being said, we have not heard a statement from Microsoft. Many people on social media, if you follow kind of the gaming scene out there, especially on the Xbox side, are continuing to call out Microsoft for this raise. I personally think it's absolutely obnoxious to raise a price this much, uh, especially if a country is currently having economic issues. Uh, This seems a little out of hand, in my opinion. Uh, And it puts it right up there, almost near the price of the Xbox Series X. It's just within $100 or so um, Brazilian currency uh, as far as that difference. So I don't know, John, I don't know if you have any other insights on this, but I just feel like this is a ridiculous move from Microsoft, and I'm hoping we eventually hear a statement from them. Yeah, it's weird considering that this was marketed as the uh, entry-level console, the the consumer-friendly console. It's, you know... 
it, it's small. It has power. It upscales to 4K. It plays all the newest games. Um, you don't have to worry about you know your console exploding for trying to download Spider-Man Two on a PS4. Um, you know you don't have anything to worry about when it comes to that. So it does makes it is interesting that they raise the price for the cost of it. I don't know if it's a supply and demand kind of thing, but even then it seems a little wild. Now we're also starting to approach the the time span where we're going to get the second evolution of this current console generation come out where uh, the R&D on these consoles have been continuing as the generation continues. They're getting new components. They're making things work better, run cooler, being able to push the limits of these systems. And we're going to start to see like the slim version come out for, for some of these consoles. We're going to see just that, that, that second go-around of, of this console generation. Uh, so if anything, that's when we see the prices drop on the original launch models uh, of the gaming console generation that we're currently in. Not go up. It, it, it's very interesting. And then the fact that it's roughly the same price, or is the same price, as the PlayStation 5 digital version, which, in all honesty, Joey, like when we saw the price point for the Series S going up against the digital version for the PlayStation 5, that was a huge win. A massive win for Microsoft. That alone won a lot of gamers over. over. If not... Hey, I'm still going to go PlayStation, but I can justify paying this price for an Xbox Series S to play some of the Xbox exclusives also kind of kind of thing. Now you're forcing people to choose again. I don't think it's a good look. I really don't think it's a good look. I would like to see get a little more information as to what Microsoft is trying to do here. Yeah, and I think the worst part, honestly, like the price raise is bad in and of itself, and I think it should be reversed. But the fact that we haven't heard a statement from either Xbox as a whole or Xbox Brazil uh, is just kind of fishy to me as well. I just feel like there's something going on behind the scenes here that maybe we just don't know about. Uh, with that being said, from a consumer perspective, this feels completely out of line and a way to really lose people in that particular country. Uh, next up, Xbox is about to get better apps and web games, according to The Verge. John, you are much more tech-savvy in some of this stuff than I am, so go ahead and give this one a quick look and summarize it for us uh, once you get through it. Um, but overall, Microsoft is finally allowing Xbox app developers to use the Chromium-powered version of Edge to improve their apps. Support for Microsoft's Edge WebView 2 on Xbox is now available, allowing Xbox media app developers to embed the latest web technologies inside Xbox apps and improve performance. The way I'm understanding this is the apps available on your Xbox console now just have more fluidity in what developers can do for them uh, as far as the tools available to create them and to work with them, uh, but also just the possibilities this expands from apps on that system. Yeah, so a lot of times what you would have is a modified version of a mobile browser on your console. This essentially makes it more like the browser you experience on your PC, which, in all honesty, Microsoft is behind the PC and the operating system for the PC. Uh, and they're behind Xbox. I mean, this is something they could have done a long time ago, but it's, it's a nice rollout. Um, before, like, if you wanted to go and use your uh, browser on your Xbox, you were limited to what sites you could go to because that browser didn't support the uh, the latest um, flash drive, if you will, if, you, if you're going to be that old, um, or in this case, HTML5, or yeah, HTML5 games. So, um, 
it's essentially an update from a mobile browser for simple terms to a PC powered esque browser on your console. It's a good step up. I don't think a lot of people are going to care about this. This is more for uh, developers and people who have websites that gamers usually go to. It's going to be a good way to kind of um, share between your PC and your Xbox, being able to have that same kind of browser experience. That's why I think this is, is going to be uh, that you're going to be able to play those browser games now on an Xbox. So it's just a step in the right direction, making it more like a PC. And it just feels like something that's going to be nice in the background, almost like a quality of life change yes. that most people won't notice. Um, but it's just going to get better over time as that fluidity uh, of the available options to developers continue to increase with this new change. Speaking of quality of life change, did you see that new start menu on the Xbox with that amazing wallpaper? Oh, no, I that haven't. People yet. wanted to see of, of that video game that they're about to click on. Uh, I'm again like spending more than five seconds on that homepage, Joey. Just it's. it's a Are you talking experience. about all the people on social media cr- critiquing yes. it if it needs to be that? It's so stupid. Yes. They they had it with Starfield and no one said anything about it. I mean, it's right? literally one <laughs> button click. Like people, what are we freaking out about? I swear. Gamers at times can be the most entitled people, but also some of the coolest people. And some of those cool people will be playing some of these games coming soon to Game Pass. Uh, On top of Just Ant, uh, which did just recently come as well, we also got Headbangers Rhythm Royale. Uh, uh, All of these, by the way, are available for cloud console and PC versions of Game Pass. So Headbangers Rhythm Royale, we have Just Dance, War Tales. Additionally, coming soon, this one, November 2nd, which is today for those are here live with us on twitch thirsty suitors uh we also have football manager 2024 coming november 6th we also have dungeons 4 coming november 9th like a dragon gaiden the man who erased his name one of the longest titles in video games that one is coming november 9th wild hearts being added via ea play also november 9th spirity which just recently had a nice little showcase uh, that one coming over from no more robots on november 13th Coral Island, kind of a Animal Crossing-esque game. That one coming November 14th. Additionally, they go on to mention some of the other DLC and game updates coming to the service. So, unfortunately, when new games come, also some have to leave. Leaving November 15th, if you guys want to buy these, they're currently 20% off for Game Pass subscribers. That is Coffee Talk, Exapunks, Ghost Song, Gungrave Gore, Football Manager 2023, again being replaced by 2024, uh, Lapin, and Town Scraper. So those are the things. And they also wish you guys a happy Halloween, which is now belated because we recorded after this was posted. Uh, with that being said, John, I think there's some good games in there. I'm excited. I know one you have had your eyes on. You're a big fan of Don't Not Entertainment. So Just Dance is one of the ones, unfortunately not pictured here on the screen, um, but it did release with this group as well. Yeah, um, I'm kind of curious if you could tell us a little bit more about this uh, title or this game that is named after your favorite pastime activity, Thirsty Suitors. (laughs) I swear. Uh, Well, let's see, John. Based on the description here in this article, Thirsty Suitors is a stylish RPG that follows the story of Jayla, who's back on her town of Timber Hills to confront her mistakes, make up with her exes. Oh, Lord of mercy. Exes, Uh, plural? Exes, plural. (laughs) Uh, reconcile cultural differences and become the person she was meant to be with active turn-based combat skating and cooking uh john this is 
quite the game here, it sounds like. There's a lot of deep relationship stuff going on, some skating, a little turn-based combat. Uh, I'm a little scared about relationships and combat being mixed together. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I hope for the best with that game if you guys check it out. Uh, there's a whole new term to whipping you into shape. Hey. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, that is such a blunt title, and I love it. I absolutely love Thirsty it. Thirsty Suitors. <laughs> Not to mention, I don't know, John, if you scroll down for those live with us on Twitch, oh. there's also like barbed wire in the image here. So it is quite um, quite the combination between title, description, and image. Uh, it should be Let's a little see. bit farther. Hey, yo. Ah, there you go. A little heart with some barbed wire. Yes. Okay, this is this is some fire. Okay. <laughs> jo- oh, okay. I, I kind of want to play this now. I, I, I kind of want to play this. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yo, hey, yo, my girl's rocking the studded belt and the fishnets. Let's go. Okay. I kind of want to play this game. Yeah, there's a lot going game. on in that one. I'm very curious. I mean. Uh, it's, it's all about repairing the relationship with the exes, Joey. Yeah, the thirsty exes, apparently. <laughs> the, the very thirsty exes, apparently. Uh, definitely one to keep an eye on. Uh, maybe to play, maybe to avoid. You got to know. You got to give it a try to find out. <laughs> So join John on that stream eventually to check that one out. Uh, uh, on, it's going to be so Jew-fueled. <laughs> on top of that, Grounded. Uh, for those who don't know Grounded, it's kind of like one of Obsidian's little love projects in the survival genre. I personally think it's one of the coolest survival games out there. It's kind of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids that has met tons and tons of updates. They've added bees. They've added birds. They've added mushroom furniture, uh, taming of pets and things. There's tons and tons to do in there, and it is just going to get better. Uh, For those who've heard us rave about Halo's Forge mode before, well, this one's getting its own Forge mode. You can craft your own levels, puzzles, minigames, battle arenas, and more. On top of that, you can place AI. So if you want to place your own little bugs, uh, again, not little gaming bugs, but actual little critter crawler bugs, uh, you can do so in this. And on top of that, there's no limit on the number of objects you can place as well. Now, when someone says no limit, uh, that concerns me. Uh, I feel like there's no such thing as no limit, and certain people are going to test that and probably crash their computer. Um, But for now, they have listed it as no limit, and we'll see what that ends up uh, being told as YouTube videos probably eventually come out regarding this. Um, But if you scroll through the article, I mean, there's some really cool stuff here. This available for you guys listening to the podcast version on Xbox Wire. It looks like someone rebuilt a Colosseum and is going up against a pink-shaded Mantis with gladiator gear, which looks absolutely sick. Someone built a basketball court with a live scoring tracker based on when this little, like, acorn-shaped ball eventually goes through a basketball hoop. Like, that is insane. Uh, And, I mean, I think one of the coolest things with gaming in general is just gamers are so freaking creative. Again, we've seen it with Fortnite Creative. We've seen it with Halo Creative. We saw it in Dreams on PlayStation. I'm just really excited to see what people eventually create with all these new possibilities available. Turn arachnid mode off (laughs) (laughs) or on or whatever. Those spiders in this game are absolutely terrifying. See, that would be fun. Imagine like a horde mode with spiders. Like you have this little area, you can build limited resources each turn, and then there's just waves of these spiders that just come upon you with their little eight hairy legs. Maybe one of them speaks Spanish. You just never know. No, doesn't speak Spanish. (laughs) Speaks Joey Spanish. That would be a scary spider. I don't know if I would laugh, cry, or run first, but I would probably consider all three very heavily. It's a spider that speaks Spanish that breaks into a French accent that calls you comrade at the end. (laughs) 
Yeah, for real. I don't know how my Spanish went into Russian. That was very um, dude. Very I don't. Interesting I don't understand half the things you do. It's <laughs> it's fine. Don't really. I thought I was the weird one here, but you know, you're starting to take my mantle. You know, there's a reason we've just magnetized together in certain ways for this show. Uh, one of those, obviously, being our goofiness here and there. But we have to move into something that is, uh, no, I don't really know where I'm going with that transition, but over to the PC <laughs> segment. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Forge's latest game, Song of Nunu, A League of Legends Story, is now available on PC and the Nintendo Switch. Uh, we do have a little video for those live with us here. Uh, John, I think this is one thing that Riot has done very well over the last couple of years, is allowing different developers to come through their Forge program and then end up developing the IP. How can we expand on the stories of these characters in League of Legends that, one, no one knew the stories of 90% of these characters initially. Then they began investing into the lore. Then they've given us shows like The Amazing Arcane on Netflix. Then they've given us some of these other games like the Echo game that came out. Now the new new game, Ruined King, was another one a lot of people enjoyed. Uh, I love the idea we're getting more and more depth to League of Legends as opposed to just running these semi-interesting characters up against towers day in, day out. Yeah, I I think I'm going to download this after the podcast. It looks cool, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it does. I mean, I I enjoy the League of Legends IP. It's it's fun, it's unique. There's so much there that can be developed. And as someone who sucks at playing Nunu in game, the fact that I can play Nunu in another game and actually be successful with them, I would make me very happy. Yeah, I think this looks like a fun one. Uh, you have Lissandra great coming, appearing as well. Uh, oh, I was about to give you some new new trivia, but I can't remember the answer. Um, yeah, I can't remember the answer. I think the boy's name is Nunu and the creature's name something else, but I cannot I don't know if the boy's name. name was Willump. Oh, maybe. Oh, no, I think Willump is the, the creature. I think Willump is the creature. Let's find out. Oh. Uh, Nunu, character, and boy. Welcome to Google with Level Up Live. Hey, uh, in fact, this is not Google, John. This is fandom. Uh, let's see here. Nunu and Willem. Okay, so I am correct, but you do have the name correct. Uh, so Nunu is the boy, and Willump is the creature. Um, but congrats on you knowing Willump. I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to see that. Ha- hold on. Oh, that was I my see Yeti. That hand motion. That, that was your Yeti. Okay, I had to make I, had to I would the make a nice so little like, Yeti screech, but I'm afraid I will scare away our podcast listeners. Um, I mean, if the Spanish didn't scare them away, I don't think the, <laughs> the Yeti screech would. I'll see what I can do later on. Uh, but if you'd like to play as a young Eskimo child roaming on the back of Yikes. a Yeti, um, <laughs> then you can do- Wait, wait, wait. What's wrong with that? <laughs> I love the idea of playing as an Eskimo on the back of a Yeti. I think that sounds like lots of fun. It looks like there's some cool mechanics and puzzles in this game. Uh, And again, expanding the IP, getting to know these League of Legends characters better, I think is always a fun experience. (laughs) I think John is crying at the moment. (laughs) Something. Oh, my God. Okay, next up, we're still in the PC segment. And when I think PC, I associate PC with this particular company, uh, and that is Blizzard. Blizzard Entertainment is set to host BlizzCon this week, November 3rd and the 4th, just a two-day event. Uh, On top of that, it does look like reduced seating in certain areas. The main hall only holding 5,000 seats this year. Uh, I think this is kind of Blizzard's way of easing back in after COVID uh, and trying to see what this new live event looks like in today's day and age. Uh, With that being said, I know a lot of people are still planning to make their way 
out there. They supposedly have very big screens in the halls for those who do not get seats in the main area. Uh, there's going to be complaints regardless, and we'll see if they're actually verified or not. Uh, I would assume they probably are. I think they could have fit more seats in that. I think in the past uh, they've had closer to 10,000 to 15,000. So that's a little bit of a bummer. Um, but with that being said, from the game's perspective, I think there's a lot of really good stuff to come here, John. Uh, looking briefly at the schedule, World of Warcraft is on here. Overwatch 2 is on here. World of Warcraft Classic is on here. Hearthstone is here as well. Um, we have some Diablo 4 action. Uh, I believe the Warcraft Rumble is on here too. So quite a few games being touched on. Heroes of the Storm absent, StarCraft absent as well. And the new survival game also absent, at least from the main schedule that we're seeing. Uh, but there is a very big, long opening ceremony scheduled here. 11 a.m. with the next event coming at 1.30 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, so it looks like we could have a very big opening showcase there of maybe about two hours or so. Uh, with that being said, John, I know many of these games, especially World of Warcraft, are of very much interest to you. So let's run through some quick predictions and thoughts of what we might see at the event, starting with World of Warcraft. Yeah, um, fully expect to see a new expansion. Uh, there have already been leaks uh, that are super credible so far. Um, I will not go into what those leaks are. Um, if they are true, I may be on the side of disappointment. Mm. Uh, if it's, I, it will take a lot of convincing if if the leaks are true uh, to convince me that this is going to be a good expansion. Um, now, I also thought, full disclosure, BFA was going to be a great expansion because it was going to get back to Horde versus Alliance, and they did everything but that and then ended everything with an old god because when it, when, when it don't work, try not to cuss, Joey, when it don't work, bring an old god into it, um, and everyone loves it. Uh, not. Uh, so, yeah, fully expected announcement of the next expansion, uh, where Dragonflight's going to go, uh, what the next year is going to look like leading up to the pre-patch of the new expansion, which should be coming out around this time next year in 2024 if the timetable is correct and based upon past expansions that's what we're looking at so look for uh for wow what's next is going to be the expansion um what we can expect and then a stay tuned kind of thing and then what's coming next in dragonflight and kind of helping put a bow tie on dragonflight to end that uh story uh, as we finally returned back to azeroth after a Horrible experience in the Shadowlands. Rip. You, um, yeah. I, you obviously know a lot more about the World of Warcraft side of things than I do. Uh, I do think that new expansion will definitely be in the cards. Uh, I have not really looked too hard into rumors, um, but I have heard Don't. some things about the possibility of it uh, being shown at this particular showcase. And with them having yeah. a number of panels... Uh, one in November 3rd, as well as one November 4th with the deeper dive. Uh, it seems like that is very, very likely. Uh, in addition to that, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some new stuff uh, coming for this particular expansion they're in right now of Dragonflight as well. Uh, if we see kind of what some of those new zones and chapters may look like moving forward. Um, so I think if you're a WoW fan, again, I haven't looked into the leaks that John has seen that might be a little disappointing. Uh, I think in terms of content, you can be excited that there will be quite a bit at this particular event. Whether that content is good or bad, uh, it seems like that could be up for debate based on that. Um, over to Overwatch 2, I believe there's a new character being shown off in this one. Um, but one of the big questions I think that Overwatch 2 and the developers have to answer is why should we stick around to play your game? Uh, and I mean, just to put it bluntly, <laughs> I think they've made a lot of mistakes um, over the years. 
Uh, obviously, Overwatch 2 feels like a mistake in and of itself. Yes, they changed things around. They got rid of an off tank. Maybe it made the game better. I think that's up for debate at the moment. Um, but there was always that promise of Overwatch 2 being something bigger, giving us more story, giving us these PvE events. And they've put some little ones in here and there with different expansions for seasons. Um, but overall, it feels like that story mode has not been given to us. Now that they're under the direction of Xbox, do we see those resources come back and for them to push forward with that story? Does the story just remain dead? Do we end up getting Overwatch 3 announced at this event? Oh, God <laughs> only knows at this point. Uh, I do think we get a new character, maybe a new game mode or map. Uh, I think there will be some kind of new content announced, but I feel like the big question that needs to be answered, and I don't think content is enough to answer it unless that content is PvE, what is next for Overwatch 2? Does this game have a future? Am I going to be sitting 15 minutes in every queue I try to do for DPS? Or are there actually going to be some more players coming back into this game and something to give me something back for what I invested in Overwatch 1 a little bit more than what they've currently given us? Joey, short answer is if you watch this, you will be incredibly disappointed. Um, yes, there is going to be a new hero. Uh, that, that is confirmed. There will be a new hero announced. Um, it doesn't matter the amount of maps they put out. It doesn't matter how many broken game modes they put out. The problem is, is that two-and-a-half-year gap between Overwatch and Overwatch 2 tied with the ribbon of canceling PvE. Um you cannot not support a live game, a live support game for two plus years and tell people to hold on something bigger and better is coming. And, oh, yeah, we're going to charge you for it also. And then the game launches with multiplayer. So it's essentially Overwatch one with a glow up. And you lose your off tank. And now you're a year in and Blizzard goes, you know what? This PvE ain't exactly all uh, all it's cracked out to be and what we really wanted. So we're just not going to do it. So by doing that, you just told the millions of players who play Overwatch from beta to present day that the whole reason that you neglected Overwatch 1 for two plus years, being PvE, you're now canceling it, and it's a glorified Overwatch. Yeah, they've been putting content content out. Yes, they've been taking that PvE content and putting it into exclusive timed events, which still pissed me off because they shouldn't be exclusively timed. Uh, just put them out there as an option to play. Um, no, like if anything, Joey, the more and more I, I read and 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 listen and watch Overwatch content, the more and more it pisses me off because of how bad they have managed this franchise. It's Blizzard's first original IP in, in over 10 years, and they screwed the pooch so bad. Like, calling it dog water is an insult to dog water. I, I just... It, it, the whole scenario around Overwatch is just so upsetting, because it's a game that, Joey, you know, we have a, we have a big chunk of people in the OTN Discord that uh, joined our Discord that are now people that we consider, uh, you know, good friends uh, that we met through Overwatch. We, we spent a lot of time in Overwatch. I've spent a lot of money in Overwatch. That should be a shock to no one. Mm. Um, so it, it just blows my mind 
that a legacy developer like Blizzard was able to screw up so bad on Overwatch. Um, they're going to keep putting content out. They have to keep putting content out to stay relevant. Even within their own Blizzard universe, they have to stay relevant. Diablo is kicking its butt. World of Warcraft is kicking its butt. Hell, World of Warcraft Classic is kicking its butt. I mean, a, a remake of the classic game is kicking its first new original IP in 10 plus years square in the orc butt. It's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's like it, it blows my freaking mind. Like it's not even relevant. It's not even Joey. Okay, full disclosure for Gamer Bites. I wrote the article on BlizzCon. I actually thought they canceled the Overwatch World Cup. <laughs> they, 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 ha, Joey, have they promoted it? Have you seen it anywhere? I have just barely, but obviously I'm searching for this stuff. Barely. Someone who is not searching for this is not seeing it anywhere. Look, the Overwatch League is as good as dead. Uh, you have owners that are pissed off that Blizzard Activision lied to them. Everything about Overwatch is tainted. It's the opposite of the Midas touch. Everything that Overwatch touches dies. And it's it's upsetting. It's upsetting. As someone who is a Blizzard fanboy, who loves this developer, who grew up on Blizzard games, who grew up on Warcraft, who grew up on StarCraft, who, heck, even though I couldn't beat the Innkeeper in Hearthstone, I still played Hearthstone. I beat the Innkeeper, don't worry. But <laughs> it's irritating that they've completely mismanaged Overwatch, and I feel bad for the people who continue to play this game. Because it doesn't look or feel like Blizzard cares about you. Now, I kind of wish I could say, oh, that, that was the Activision effect. I can't even say that. I wish I could say, oh, it's the turmoil in the office uh, in, in California that's causing all this with Overwatch. That's not the truth either. Bring back Jeff Kaplan. Bring back Big Daddy Jeff. Like I, I, I want to see Agreed. those developer updates with Jeff again. Yes, did he become bigger than the game? He kind of did, but he was pulling the game along. Everyone knew Jeff. Everyone felt comfortable when Jeff was explaining something bad that happened to the game. They felt comfortable like, you know what? At least they're telling us, and they explained the path forward. You don't even get that anymore. Everything is so hush-hush and secretive. Like it's it's very very upsetting. I feel bad for Overwatch fans. I feel bad for the franchise. I feel bad for the fake characters that have zero feelings that are just computer generated code that don't even know I exist. I feel bad for them. I feel bad for the people who've worked on this game, who have spent days, weeks, months, years of their life just to have their higher ups completely screw it up. That's the biggest upset about this. I'll watch it. I'll watch everything in BlizzCon. I will watch every single minute of it. But every single time Overwatch comes up, part of me is going to die inside. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I think you hit the nail on the head as far as mismanagement, right? When we had the promise of Overwatch 2, PvE was the big thing. And for them yes. to push that so hard to hold back content, to hold back character releases or heroes in the case of Overwatch, map releases, game mode releases, 
purely for the fact that you're trying to bring more multiplayer content into Overwatch 2 when you launch it alongside this PvE story campaign-ish mode. Uh, the fact that that never came, it just kind of defeats the purpose of Overwatch 2 altogether. Like, yes, you can push, oh, for this fake of esports in the Overwatch League, which seems to be dying. Uh, we ended up having this new tank modified. So we get rid of one of our off tanks, and that's going to allow this big tank to be even tankier. And it just, it didn't feel like it fit right. And it felt like this is the only reason we're pushing this forward is for the sake of esports. And the esports league in and of itself was kind of shaky at that point. Uh, it just did not seem like a great decision. I think that is really one of the biggest reasons we saw Jeff leave in the initial place. Uh, now that there is new ownership, maybe we eventually see him come back. Maybe Overwatch has burned him just as bad as it's burned all its players. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he has no interest in ever coming back to anything Blizzard. Now, with that being said, uh, there could be a pass path forward out there. We have seen redemptions in games before. Uh, no Man's Sky, obviously, is one people love to state, uh, where a game comes out not quite as flushed out as people expected. They're able to do a lot of changes, find a lot of change of heart and good tidings with their players, and then eventually loop things back around to become an extremely successful game. Has Overwatch lost its place? I think it's easier for No Man's Sky coming from a single-player perspective that it is for a multiplayer game to once again find life again. Apex Legends fell off very hard. It had a nice little initial comeback, and then it's fallen off again since then. Fortnite has been one of the only ones that's really stayed around pretty consistent up there. Obviously, Call of Duty as well, um, but that changes titles every year, so they have a big reason to come back. Uh, I think Overwatch, as a big AAA multiplayer game, has to find a way to come and connect with audiences again, and it is not going to be easy. We're seeing games like Halo struggle with it. Uh, smaller games like Splitgate struggle with it. Uh, it's just very tough to connect with a multiplayer audience for a long amount of time in today's day and age where there's new multiplayer games coming out every other week. And for someone to have that deep connection with the game and then to be burned so badly as they did with the transition to Overwatch 2, uh, as John said, it just doesn't really instill much confidence in people overall. Here you go. This was the excuse, just as a as a reminder going into BlizzCon, and I do this out of love because I would not flame a developer this bad if I did not care and have some kind of invested interest uh, in my own gaming world. Development on the PVE experience has not really has not really. Oh boy, development on the PVE experience has not really hasn't made the progress that we've hoped. That doesn't grammatically make sense. <laughs> the team has created a bunch of amazing content, so there's awesome missions that are really exciting. Cool, great missions. There's brand new enemies that are super fun to fight against that you will never know. Uh, and some that are truly great and ridiculous hero talents, but unfortunately, the effort required to pull all of that together, a.k.a. the past two and a half years, three years in between the last update in Overwatch and Overwatch 2, the effort required to pull that all together into a Blizzard quality experience that we can ship to you is huge, and there really is no end in sight or defined kind of end date where we can put that out in the world. So we are left with another difficult choice. Do we continue to pour all that effort into PvE, hoping we can land it at some point in the future, or do we stick with this set of values that we have aligned on and focused on the live game and focus on serving all uh, serving all of you. Here's the thing. That last comment, stick with the set of values that we have aligned on and focused on a live game and serving the gamers. 
You cannot say that after two and a half years of absolute nothing. You can't. You just can't say that. That's like saying, you know, your boss promising you a raise and two and a half years later, you know, we determined it's just really not in the budget now. Like maybe two years ago when we thought about it, you know, it was a great idea. But now it's just really not in the budget. And, you know, we're just going to stick to supporting you as an amazing employee. No, absolutely not. You can't say that, Blizzard. Absolutely mismanaged. It's terrible. If you're still playing this game, God bless you. But you shouldn't be. There's so many other better games out there. Yeah, I mean, we've beat this dead horse plenty. Sorry, Um, I'm sorry. I I think the only other thing to say, right, there's two panels planned. So your two big games, World of Warcraft and Overwatch 2, are the two biggest highlight games of the event coming up this weekend. Uh, They have a deep dive panel on November 3rd and then a what's next panel on November 4th. With them having two panels and being highlighted this much, I would assume this means something big should be coming. I want to believe it is the revival of some kind of PvE mode, Uh, but that's probably me just being a little bit optimistic for this. I think if you're looking at pulling players back in, a PvE mode would be a great way of doing that. Am I going to come back to play multiplayer Overwatch? Sure, if a bunch of friends say, let's go play, which is not going to happen. But if they did, I would (laughs) go back to play with friends. Other than that, I I mean, the thing that would pull me back in is more of the depth and story. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever saw the Bastion trailer. When they first did the Bastion story, I mean, that trailer just, oh, that hit so hard. Uh, I think some of the game stuff around the new character reveals was fun. They went a little too too far with Sombra, um, but some of the other ones were very interesting, and I think they can really build into some of that storyline and some of the discovery that they had around the original Overwatch game to kind of invest players a little bit more. Uh, But again, the big thing that would pull me back in to at least download the game again would be PvE. It's not worth the 65 gigs it takes to download the game. Um, (laughs) I actually am in the camp. I loved what they did with Sombra. I loved all those mini games, all those hidden events in the game, all the different websites that you had to discover. I think it was cool, but it lasted so freaking long. It was like over a year. It it did. It, It did last a little long, but I absolutely love unique things like that that can bring a community together out of the game also uh the the overwatch discord server was popping the reddit uh, the the subreddit for overwatch was popping um like people wanted to discover the next step and then for those that were maybe struggling to do it themselves they were able to follow along and actually participate in the event as more and more people discover things so i personally love that kind of stuff i think that'd be a smart move for blizzard to do something like that Mm -hmm. again i understand it takes a lot of work to do But I think that would be something that might be able to to stir a little fire up for people. Right. You need reasons for it to trend besides, hey, this game sucks. And I think that is one way to do it. Now, again, as I said, the biggest issue I had with the Sombra thing was it lasted like a full year. I don't think it needs to last quite that long. But I do think it's fun to have these little like AR-esque events, but also to put stuff in games, throw your Easter eggs, your clues. I think that's a fun way to engage people. And you know what a great place to put those Easter eggs would be? in your new PvE mode. So let's hopefully see that announced this weekend. Uh, I think that would be a big win, even if it's not to the full scale they originally promised. If they can start giving a little bit more of that content, a little bit more of that story, maybe give us a great new cinematic, that might be able to draw a few people to redownload. 
Okay, we have spent a lot of time on this, so just to quickly hit Sorry. some of these other ones. No, no, no worries at all. This is great content. Uh, World of Warcraft <laughs> Classic is another one that a lot of people are talking about. I don't want to go too much into it, um, but there have been quite a few potential leaks out there. Again, it's all just rumors. Uh, a lot of people are hoping for a first Classic Plus expansion. What is Classic Plus? Uh, this is mainly the whole idea is what if the Dark Portal didn't open after Vanilla? Uh, I think the idea is very interesting. Do I think this is something Blizzard would invest in? I really don't know. I mean, we've seen them take this track with some other games, and we've seen them not take this track with other games as far as where that investment goes. Classic, obviously, smaller than the live retail version of WoW. Um, I, I don't know. From a player and lore perspective, I love the idea of what if, what would this look like from another game. Uh, from someone who has limited time, this would... in this would very much make old WoW players invested in this, and they would be very split between retail and classic, and I don't know if that's what they want to do with their player base. I I like the idea of the Dark Portal not opening, but you can easily sell this by saying, what if Cataclysm never happened? I mean, more or less, I and think that's would, what they're going for. And you would get people fired up. Cataclysm sucked. It, it was a terrible expansion. The, uh, and I, I said it before, and I'll say it again. The only good thing that came out of Cataclysm was splitting the Barons into two zones. Everything else was absolute booty, uh, and not in the good sense. Um, just, just so bad. Uh, yes, the, the 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 Deathwing fight was great, y unique mechanics and everything, but everything else about that expansion was absolutely terrible, and it set World of Warcraft up for miserable expansions coming on down the road. Also, but. Um, Yes, I, I think if they do like a new game plus in that sense where Cataclysm didn't happen, they kind of like take that, that, uh, that, uh, was it TVA time split like in Marvel and they just go off their own little path over there. I think that'd be very interesting, but I do think it would split the player base. Yeah, it will be interesting. And again, just to avoid spoilers, I'm not going to go too much into any of these other ones. Uh, but if this leak is true, this new classic plus expansion will be called World of Warcraft Awakening. Uh, Please don't let it be Deathwing. <laughs> moving over to Hearthstone, just quickly flipping the cards on this one. Hearthstone Showdown in the Badlands is set to launch here a little bit later in November. I believe it's next week, maybe the week after. Uh, with that being said, this will be what is probably highlighted at that Hearthstone panel. Uh, that one taking place for the Hearthstone What's Next on November 3rd. Uh, again, I'm assuming this will mostly be focused on this. Maybe little tidbits of what's to come afterwards, um, but I think this expansion will be the major focus on that front. And last but not least, Warcraft Rumblings. I think this is where you're going to get some new looks at Warcraft. It used to be called Arclight Rumble, now called Warcraft Rumble uh, on mobile devices. It just launched today, which I completely forgot about until it downloaded itself on my phone uh, because I had pre-ordered it for $0. Um, with that being said, it looks interesting. It's kind of like a... Um, I think I've compared to Clash Royale with a campaign mode. Uh, so we'll see what it actually ends up playing like. I've played like a level or two, but I need to give it a little bit more time before making a judgment. Uh, prior to downloading, I was thinking this is probably not going to be my favorite game. But I do like the idea if they can add a little bit of lore aspect in there. And it'll be kind of interesting to see some of these epic characters translated into mini figures. Uh, but TBD, jury is still out on that one. Uh, Diablo also coming a little bit later. I believe they're going to talk about the new season, Season of Blood, if I remember correctly, uh, in that panel as well. The opening ceremony, the only other big things I want, John, my wish list per se, I would really love to hear more about the Blizzard survival game. That's going to be their first new IP in many years. Uh, maybe we get a look at that, some concept art, a name of the game. 
Uh, for those who want to know the code name, it's Codename Project Odyssey. Um, I believe that's the code, Dave, if I remember correctly. Don't quote me on that because now I forgot, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Um, I think survival game would be one new aspect to put in that opening ceremony. I think you can also check off the box of someone from Xbox, probably Phil Spencer coming up on stage and welcoming people to the Xbox community uh, alongside Blizzard. I think this would be a great place to put that Overwatch PvE if something is coming. Uh, Heroes of the Storm, what's the future of that game? I think we eventually see it ported over to console, and I also think we see World of Warcraft on console at some point. I think those might be put in the opening ceremony. Um, I see you nodding your head a lot. I don't know if you're laughing at me or if you're agreeing with me, but I'm going to take it as agreeing just for the heck of it. I'm agreeing. Oh, perfect, perfect. That's what I love to hear. Uh, And the other thing I really want to see, I do not think this is going to be in there, but I would love to see it, uh, would be something StarCraft. Uh, whether that is a new RTS game, whether that is the hint of something else coming, some kind of shooter game within the StarCraft universe, give me something StarCraft, and I will be a happy little Joey. Uh, Joey, if they give me anything StarCraft, I may cry. Ooh. Simple as that. Um, I want more StarCraft so bad. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I just... <sighs> It's sad. It I'm going to go play Brood Roar after this now. I want to go play Brood Roar. Oh, I want to go play don't my Protoss. Tell me. Oh, love me some StarCraft. Uh, with that being said, guys, I think that'll wrap up our BlizzCon segment. As you can imagine, next week. So, well, actually, I'm not here next week, John. We'll have to talk about that later. Um, but our next Uh-oh. show will be probably pretty BlizzCon heavy once we have a chance to digest everything uh, and go into that. Uh, with that being said, Multiplat General Gaming News is next up. Just to hit some quick acquisitions that happened, Atari is acquiring Digital Eclipse. Uh, This is a studio that Atari has worked with in the past, and they're pleased to announce that they are now acquiring them. Digital Eclipse, originally founded in 1992, now joining that Atari family over here as well. Uh, Some of the notable projects from Digital Eclipse, Street Fighter 30th Anniversary, Mega Man Legacy Collection, SNK 40th Anniversary Collection, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Cowabunga Collection, and Disney Classic Games Collection. So as you can tell, uh, there is a lot of notable collection titles uh, within Digital Eclipse and Atari with tons and tons of IP that is very much able to be put into collection. Seems like a match made in heaven, uh, or in this case, near an Atari joystick. Uh, Next up, we have Devolver Digital. They have acquired System Era. Uh, System Era Softworks is most known for their time with Astroneer. If you guys haven't played that one, kind of cool little indie title. Uh, Now living within the umbrella of Devolver Digital, who is one of my favorite smaller publishers out there. Last but not least, Sony has acquired UK-based iSize, a company specializing in deep learning for video delivery. Uh, I have a lot to say on this one, but I'm not going to on this particular show. Uh, One thing we're seeing moving forward is a lot of people investing in ways to bring new ads to video games, which I hate the idea of, but on the systematic technology standpoint, I think it's fascinating at the same point. Uh, I think this is where we're going to see more stuff, and we've seen it a little bit in sports games. FIFA is one that does it. Uh, NBA 2K does it, and I say FIFA now, probably EA Sports FC will be the one to do it, uh, where they change the banners around the court side for sponsors in their eSport leagues. Uh, I think it's going to be more stuff like that. Uh, I think the immersion would go away if we see some like um, post-apocalyptic game where you have these nice little billboards up and then you see like Axe Body Spray. Uh, I feel like that would just be <laughs> super out of place and would feel super awkward. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see start seeing some maybe like modern games start to bring in some of these advertisements in creative ways. So again, 
I hate it from a consumer perspective. I love it from the idea of this could be really cool technology to see how it works. Do I like the idea of subliminal ads being put all in my games? Probably not. And nor do I see this as the full reason for this acquisition. I do think that is one of the reasons we do see this acquisition going through uh, as machine learning becomes a bigger thing. Axe body spray. I mean, right? Like post-apocalyptic. You have crows all over here on all these bodies. Everything is like this gray monotone. And then it's like, ooh, Axe body spray. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. I'm curious to see how it plays out. I feel like Axe Body Spray is like that, um, gosh, I can't think of words tonight, but you know, like that stereotypical thing with gamers. It's like Axe Body Spray, Mountain Dew, Code, whatever, Code Red, um, some kind of candy somewhere, Monster Energy. I don't know. Stereotypical things, you know, man. You know, uh, just a couple of Joey, things. To- if, if we're talking <laughs> stereotypes, Joey, Axe Body Spray is not a stereotype. Isn't Axe Body Spray like a big thing that markets to gamers, though? I think they just target to high school kids. Uh, Okay, well, high school kids are generally gamers as well. So, yeah, (laughs) work with me here, work with me. Um, (laughs) Couple more topics and let's wrap up today's show. Uh, Quick update from IO Interactive. They gave some new details on its new James Bond game, Project 007. Uh, They've been working on this game for a little while now, and it's a more scripted experience than Hitman. So, again, not as quite do whatever you want just within this puzzle, um, but a little bit more of a story backbone to it. Uh, It's been pitched as the ultimate spycraft fantasy game, which suggests there will be quite a few gadgets involved here as well. And they go on to say, well, what kind of James Bond will we be seeing in this one? Uh, They quote saying the game will seemingly be closer to Daniel Craig than Roger Moore. Uh, So take that as you will. Uh, Obviously, Bond characters we've seen portrayed in movies before. Uh, Now taking a look at what those actors and how they portrayed them. And that's kind of what they're symbolizing the James Bond here uh, in this particular game looking like. Project 007 isn't expected to be released until 2025. So you have plenty of time to think over that comparison of Daniel Craig and Roger Moore. Anything else on James Bond, good sir? No. Beautiful. Agent under fire, as you can see. Uh, Last but not least, let's talk Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Uh, This one was a little bit of a surprise, but some people were able to go hands-on with this game. Currently set to release in December, uh, pending Ubisoft doing their thing that they usually do, delaying games. This one's already been delayed a year, hopefully not delayed any longer, and it does meet that December deadline. Let's take a look at some notes here. This coming from Okami13 underscore on X now. Uh, breathtaking visuals, a true next-gen blockbuster with lush flora and dense wildlife. Very authentic to the source material. Some scenes could have been ripped straight out of the films. Uh, John, that sounds amazing to me graphically. Also, fun little behind-the-scenes story. The reason that we saw Ubisoft get a Star Wars license was because of how nice this game has looked in development. Disney said, we love what you're doing with Avatar graphically. Let's see what you can do with Star Wars. And that's how they got that license. So fun little fact there to take your trivia party. Uh, It sounds like Far Cry Avatar is an app comparison based on some of these reviews as well. There's a big focus on jungle parkour. Just my thing, you know, swinging between trees like Tarzan, good times. Uh, Cousin of the free running in Mirror's Edge described as here. You will fight humans and mechs, go figure. That's pretty much what we've seen on Pandora so far through the movies. Use stealth with your Navi bow or go in guns a-blazing. It sounds like there are some AI issues coming out here so far in the early test, um, but still a little bit of time to polish some of that up prior to that release in December. Again, assuming December is kept. Uh, There's a gathering system involved, so if you want to gather your berries or your armor or uh, bows after you shoot your critters, uh, that will be available. (laughs) 
I'm really tired. They're platforming. Joey's over here fighting a mech and only cares about his gathering his berries. Hey, I mean, brother wants to carry his berries around. You never know when you're going to have to restore that health. You're going to put the berries in your berry sack? Uh, yeah, I mean, if I got a basket, I might carry it in them too. You just never know. Uh, you can also fly. <laughs> There's different flying points littered throughout the map. The home tree will be your home base with NPCs, mini games, and more. Maybe one of those mini games is berry plucking. You just never know. Uh, there are no dots on your HUD to guide you. You'll have to rely on your Navi vision as well as the clues in your environment. Ooh, a little Detective Pikachu action uh, to find your way. Many found this lack of objective markers a problem. For those who played Starfield, you'll understand some of that issue as far as navigation that is not explained to you. Uh, and they go on to kind of make a little gaming joke there with more yellow paint being involved. Can't remember what game that was. I think it was a horror game. They just kind of poured yellow paint, paint on a ladder for people to be able to find the ladder. Uh, with that being said, John, I have enjoyed the Avatar movies a decent amount. I think they've really pushed cinema forward in certain ways. You could argue if the story has been original or not. A lot of people comparing it to Snow White, which I think is an apt comparison. I said it was Snow White. No, it wasn't. What was it? Fern Gully. Uh, what is it? Fern Gully. Fern Gully or was it Pocahontas? Both. Okay. Pocahontas, I think, was the one I was originally yeah. thinking of. Um, but yeah, obviously, story comparisons are out there. I think graphically... The way they really pushed 3D forward was a really cool thing uh, when the initial movie came out in theaters. I don't know if we're going to have that kind of advancement on the gaming side of things, but at least graphically, it looks like this one will be pretty impressive uh, with quite a bit from that parkour to your berry gathering of being involved as well. Joey's going to speck into his berry gathering tree in this game. I can see you it. Just now. wait. When your health is low, you uh, know who to come for for the berries. <laughs> Joey, I need berries. <laughs> Give me your berry basket. Uh. <laughs> no, I mean, look, I, I, I'm hyped for this game, too, because, look, if, if you haven't had the chance uh, to, to go to Disney to check out the Avatar Flight of Passage ride, or, or should I just, I should more just say experience, um, it, it's a really unique out-of-the-box ride, uh, but the visuals in there, uh, the fact that they, like, splash water in your face when like, you go down close to the water... They have the different smells that come in there. They do a really fantastic job with it. Avatar has always been great about utilizing all of your senses, uh, visual, audio, um, just the, 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 the different colors that pop on the screen, just being able to tell a story and being able to like make it relatable when you see these gigantic eight-foot Smurfs um, running around uh, gathering berries because you know Joey demanded 15 bushels of berry. Um, I think it's great. They've always done a great job. The, the game looks incredible. I can't wait to play it myself. Um, yeah, I mean, I I still haven't seen the new Avatar that came out. I need to wait for real. Yeah, I haven't seen the second oh, one. Oh wow, John. Okay, yeah, I, I just realized that. Wow. Oh yeah, I did see the original one eight times. In the movie oh my theater. gosh! Because <laughs> look, it was incredible at the time it came out. Joe, you have to remember there was not another movie that was visually comparable. Right to that whether you watched it in standard IMAX 3D whatever it was like it was just it was stunning absolutely stunning. and I might be wrong but I think it was the first movie to do kind of they everyone had done the like pop out 3D before it was like the goofy yeah. like spy kidsy like 3D and that one kind of took it more the opposite angle as like an immersive like you feel like you're in the jungle as opposed to the jungle coming to you uh, and I think that was just a really cool way of using cinematography at the time and really advanced compared to what we had out there 
Uh, with that being said, John, we have definitely went a little bit over. Hence is the way of near BlizzCon time. Uh, with that being said, I think we can head into our closing. Again, guys, we'll keep an eye out for gaming news. Uh, and you'll probably be hearing a lot about BlizzCon from us this weekend and the week ahead. Sorry for that soapbox on Blizzard there, Jerry. <laughs> all uh, good, sir. All good. <laughs> threw us way over on time, but Nation, that's going to do it for this edition of Level Up Live. Before you go, make sure you follow the show on Twitch to catch the next episode of Level Up Live. If you do listen to the show on our podcast feed, please leave us a review if your podcatcher allows it. Level Up Podcast is available on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, and your podcatcher of choice. Just look us up at the Level Up Podcast. We would love to hear from you. In fact, we love to hear from our community so much. We have multiple ways you can reach out to us. Joey, what are some of those ways? Absolutely, guys. You can follow the podcast and network over on Twitter slash X, depending what you call it, as well as Facebook at OTN Media. We're also on Instagram and threads at OTN underscore media. And last but not least, guys, the live show is so much fun. You can see some of the interactions that John and I have on here alongside of our crazy accents, not just in audio, but actually in that live action. Uh, Maybe we'll do 3D one day. You never know. Twitch.tv forward slash OTN media. This show broadcasts Thursday nights, typically around 8 p.m. Eastern time. All right. Make sure you follow social media for this one uh, because we don't know when the next episode is going to be because Joey is traveling next week. So follow social media for Level Up, and we will let you know as soon as we get our schedule squared away. Do your ears and eyes a favor. Hit that sub and follow button to know when the next episode is ready for your entertainment pleasures. We will catch you all next week. Remember, be nice to your fellow gamers online. Enjoy your weekend, and as always, Level Up. up.